This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. Paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending megabucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. This week on Inside Supercars, we continue our book club, although perhaps you wouldn't necessarily call what we're looking at this week a book. Neville Wilkinson founded V8X Magazine, which is now Supercars Extra Magazine. Neville talks about how his background might be different to many editors, but it has successfully seen that publication continue on today. I, I had it for 12 years and then I sold it after that. That's when I got out and it's had a name change, but basically, in essence, it's still going. We talk supercars over the years, back, in fact, to the early 2000s with Big Hair Nev, and it starts now. Today, as we continue our Supercars Book Club, I think it's a thing now, we speak with Neville Wilkinson, who made a, a very, very interesting book in my eyes in 2006, was it 2007 when it was released, <laughs> PIX06. Neville Wilkinson, thanks for joining us here on Inside Supercars. Uh, thanks, Craig. It's a pleasure. Now, you had had a... Well, your background in graphic design, you were working at Auto Action, you'd been doing magazines for the Thunderdome, and you eventually went out and created what became the uh, premier supercar magazine, and it was called V8X. Uh, yes, well, my journey is a little different. Normally, journalists go and start magazines or become editors and stuff like that. And I was art director of Auto Action before I started my own magazine because I, I felt that there was a hole in the – well, out there, there, was a, there, there needed to be a magazine that covered supercars. I reckon supercars was that popular at the time. And so, yeah, I started my own magazine. And you, through the years, featured a lot of great photography and I guess it was – the access to these excellent motorsport photographers that eventually sowed the seed of what PIX06 could be? Well, yes. Well, you touched on it. My background is I'm an art director, not an editor. So I really loved the photography aspect. And let's face it, supercars is kind of a visceral sport. And people wanted to see these cars, you know, the the best-selling issues of VEDX was the new paint schemes when they come out and all that kind of stuff. So 
people love the visual side of the sport. I love the visual side of the sport. And, and journalists would get a lot of coverage because their names are all over it. But, but I felt the photographers needed a bit more um, a bit more notoriety. And that's why I did Pixo 6 to really show all uh, more of the photos of that year. Interesting things, different angles, all that kind of stuff. When you put it together, you put it together without really knowing what it might do in the marketplace and it was a big departure from what other people were producing. Well, we tried to do different things in VNX and this was something different and maybe we were just, you know, like the whole process was fantastic because we got to go through and uh, I had an artist working for me as well and we both got to go through all the photos from the whole year. That's quite an experience because there's a lot of photos that have been submitted throughout the years and we have photographers and um, contracted suppliers, photos and stuff. So that, that process alone was fabulous. And, you know, we really enjoyed that. And today, I know we wish we could take readers through that process. And the best way we could do that was print a book of all the best photos that we could find. And maybe it was just a little bit of a personal thing that I wanted to make happen. I had no idea how it was going to go. No idea. We just decided to make it and put it out there. I thought it, you know, I thought people love that kind of thing. So, Let's just do it. You had to work out a way of making it financially viable. How did you approach the photographers on something that was so radically different? Well, the photographers, we profiled all the photos. All the photos we have are from the photographers that shot for the magazine. So we like to give you know um, the photographers a bit of their own as I was saying, a bit of their own air times. And they had some fabulous shots because we couldn't run everything in the magazine because it was kind of time sensitive. We had to move on to the next round and the next round and what was going on, the latest thing. And so a lot of these great shots kind of got buried. And um, I just, well, the photographers, well, I only had positive feedback in that regards. But it was really different. It was kind of maybe a bit ahead of its time. We probably could have a couple of done a couple of things a little differently, a bit better. But it was the first one of these. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's that much of that thing done anymore. It was an experiment. How did that experiment go? What was the reaction and how did you measure that reaction? Well, I ran a publishing company. So the best reaction is whether it actually made a profit. It's the reality of it was. You know, I at least wanted the thing to break even, to at least justify, right, um, to to doing the project. You know, maybe if it's if it sells enough, we'll do a Pixo Seven. Um, that was the only thing that I thought about: is if it was popular enough, let's do one every year. And it was like a visual history of the sport. So there's different, several different aspects of why I I, I wanted to do this. And um, so we just put it out there and we basically just sold enough. We kind of broke even on it. That was it. And it really wasn't enough to say, hey, do we go again? 
um, other things are happening. And so we decided not to do a Pixel 7, which is a bit sad, but, you know, would have liked to have been done a bit better. But you look back now and you think, eh, maybe I could have done it better. In hindsight and history t- telling you lessons learnt, what would mm-hmm. be some of the changes or things that you might do differently? Okay, I would say the number one thing would be that we actually do write some captions or extended captions or a little short story of what's going on in some of the major pics in it. So it's not just totally photographs. Actually have an explanation what's going on to give people an understanding the lead up to this picture or some aspect of it. I'm not saying all of them, but um, just add a bit more of that type of content to it. Um I mean, the, the, the pictures were kind of in the chronological order of the season. Um, as we went through each round by round, we were choosing the pictures, so they were kind of in that order anyway. Um, so they kind of told that story. But, you know, some of these some of these pictures you probably could have added to it with a, with a bit of an extended caption and that style, style of thing. Just make it a bit – there's a bit more to it. I think from memory it was the picture – with a photo by, let's say, Peter Norton at Pukekohe. And yeah, that was probably, the sum total of the writing up against the picture. That's right, because we had a bit of a profile of each photographer at the front. So basically we just credited the photos to uh, each each photographer. There might have been uh, maybe a caption on some of them to really clarify a little bit, but I reckon we should have put a bit more information in there. The pictures obviously uh, tell the story, but do you think that the magazine holds up now when you have probably haven't picked it up for many, many years, but when you last flicked through it, did you think, damn, this was a good idea? Because I, I must say that I, I thought it was a good idea at the time, and I think in 2022, something with high-quality pictures is missing from the landscape. The landscape's changed a heck of a lot, right? Um, the internet was out there when I started the magazine, but was nowhere near the access to images and video footage. And, it was, you know, it wasn't 4G, it wasn't even 2G back then. It was still phone lines and stuff like that, you know. So, I mean, the iPhone hadn't even been invented then. It was different and it's changed so much that for something like that nowadays, it's going to be a hard ask. It's, it's, it's going to have to be something, part of something bigger nowadays. But look, you talk about how do I, do I feel it was successful or not? Yeah, it's still going. So I kind of think that's kind of a measure of type of success. I I had it for 12 years and then I sold it after that. That's when I got out and it's had a name change. But basically, in essence, it's still going. And I now you're talking about VHX magazine more so VHX than Pixo 6. Pixo 6, look, I would have liked to have that going yeah, every year. I would have loved to, but financially, like really, I mean, the amount of effort that was put into in the office – Let's not talk about the cost of doing it. Um, we just felt that, you know, we broke even. Yeah, it was kind of okay. But uh, other things were happening. We were, we were working with Big Pond at the time, set some other stuff up. So there were some things going on that we thought, oh, it probably now uh, 
our resources and time is probably spent better else somewhere. And you talk about V8X magazine and your pride in that, and as as you mentioned, it's Supercars Extra now. Mm-hmm. What do you think, looking back on the magazine then, is the legacy that this history of V8X will be remembered for? Holy mackerel, that's a big question. Never thought of that. Legacy? Oh, it's just, look, I tried something. I had a go. There was an opening there. There were other motorsport publications, but nothing focusing on supercars. I just grabbed it and ran with it. There's other people doing some great stuff nowadays, and they're kind of just going with an area in the sport and, and running with it. So, oh, uh, legacy, I'm not too sure. There's a great archive of the uh, supercars from 2000. Um, we love, with, I mean, with the drivers and photo shoots and all that kind of stuff, um, a lot of it doesn't happen anymore. It's different. It's all video or audio or whatever. It was just a different time then. And I loved it. And I loved the whole circus of it, really. I got For 12 years, I got to follow supercars around. I had the dream job. I really had a dream job. I really appreciate what the sport did for me and allowed me to do. And whilst you had people writing for you of a very high calibre and writing it themselves, mm. not being ghosted, I think the bond that you built with a, a crew of people who are all still very good friends is also a very important legacy. Absolutely. So the magazine's not me. The magazine was a part of – there was some parts of these journalists. Like, oh, I wasn't a writer. I was a, I was a designer. So – I, you know, I employed really, well, I employed writers, really good writers, and I contracted great writers, and and I, it was, it, it, the magazine's not me, it's it's the sum part of all those people, those photographers, great photographers, great writing, and um, I was really proud of that. I was really proud of being able to, have a product that I could employ some journalists, get some new journalists into the sport um, and and profile some of the best journalists in the sport. I, I was really proud of that. That's what I liked the, the most of it. I created something that I felt that people wanted to read. It's as simple as that. Created something. I'm and, a content creator, an old school content creator. And interestingly enough, as things work out, you're still working in motorsport once again with auto action. <laughs> yeah, I'm having those guys out. I'm art director back there. I, I love it. It's a, it's, it's a fortnight a gig with those guys. And I really just appreciate um, I, I'm being back. In, well, I've always been involved in the sport somewhere. Auto action, I'm back on more of a daily basis. I mean, you're going in, you know what's going on, yada, 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 because you're laying the magazine out. How do you not know what's going on? Um, and I really love that aspect of, of my job. Interestingly, V8X was very well known for grid girls in 2022. <laughs> the word is, you know, the word grid girls, you'd be me too'd. 
Well, it's interesting that Tony Cochran, in some recent interviews, uh, has come out and said that they it, they were crazy to have abolished the good girls. They should have kept them. Uh, oh, look, we profiled some good girls. We thought that that was something that um, our readers wanted, but we eventually phased them out, and it didn't really hurt in sales and stuff like that it, um, as the magazine evolved, um, you know, and the sport changed. Yeah. It was, it was something. I don't know. Maybe it's something that oh, the old era of motorsport that we can think about and dream of. But mm, do, do you really think that thing's going to come back? Well, Neville, it's a pleasure to catch up with you as always. And VNX's Pixo Six. It was one book, but I think it is a very interesting book and a very different book to what we've been looking at so far in our book club series. And it's not the only book that you actually published during your VADX years. Oh, no. Well, we did several books. Um, one of them uh, is we did one of the History of Bathurst, uh, the legend of Australia's iconic race or something like that. And um, that was that was quite successful. We did stuff like that. I think some offshoots of that type of uh, publication is still going today. So yeah, we we did a few, but basically we focused on the magazine, the whole thing, and did the odd book or two. Well, we did a few things through Super Cheap Auto through uh, through those guys, which uh, was fairly successful. So um, yeah. And, yeah. It was just something we kind of did on the side and it was something fun to do. And Pixo Sticks, you know, you look back now and you go, wow, you know, that's that's amazing. Wow, we should have done every year. I mean, you think back in 2020 hindsight, <laughs> it would have been great to have done have, have that visual history every year. I think they'd still be worth something to this day. Well, I think, in- they're actually, I think they're online they're worth more than what they originally sold for. I was about to say, I can't even find a copy online. I know where my copy is, but <laughs> I I can't even find a copy online. <laughs> Such is, uh, you know, and and funnily enough, a lot of the a lot of the people we're talking to, we talk about their book being in a second reprint or or still being available on the shelves. This one is genuinely a real collector's item. There isn't that many left. I know there was a few in Ringwood East for a while, but uh, there's not many left well, now. Um, should bring up Al. Al's the current editor of Supercar Extra magazine. You should bring up Al and ask him if he's still got a box hanging around. It, it could be a big opportunity, is. a big opportunity for someone to, <laughs> to corner the market with the last of the Pixo 6s. I think there's an opportunity if people are interested in VNX, the first issue, I think you've still got a box of the first issue ever produced, the number one. Which is Garth um, Tander with blue hair. Yes. Yeah. Too cool or something like that. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> that's a bit of history. That's 2000. So, um, uh, yeah, and that's the issue before he embarks with Bathurst. So, um, yes. Uh, yeah. An amazing, it is an amazing time capsule right through the history of VRX magazine. And and you can actually go into a lot of news, a lot of news agencies, a lot of libraries and find copies. And I know that it's even held in the National Library of Australia collection. Excellent. Mm. Well, um, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't have a collection because when I sold the business, my collection went with it. Neville, 
It's a pleasure to catch up with you. Thanks for sharing your memories of PIX06. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me. Next week on Inside Supercars, we speak with Andrew Clark as he focuses on one subject in particular in the supercars world, Mark Scaife. Uh, yeah, we started talking with Scaifey um, about doing a book and then we knew that uh, they were talking to uh, Random House at the time. So we talked about doing you know, the picture book because we had access to lots of pictures, obviously. Um, at that time, you know, the Publishing 101 was doing lots of racing books, so we had pictures all over the place. I hope you'll join us next time round on Inside Supercars. Until then, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. Sort of paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.